Let's do this. Let's let us do this indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Liquid Football Podcast. It's your friends here at the Monday Madness, and uh, yeah, it's our first podcast of the year. Definitely not our last. I I hope it depends on how the COVID goes. To be honest, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome back to football, lads. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm joined as ever uh, by Neil and Burkbot, who um, who have obviously watched all the football that's happened in the last month, which is quite a lot. Actually, I've actually watched a fantastic amount of football. I I will admit. Yeah, I've just watched way too much fucking football, um, and way too well, I've way too much sport because I overdosed on football, the NFL, and uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it now. And uh, the NHL ice hockey kicks off in mid January. Awesome! So that's going to be fucking great as well. So yeah, I'm all I'm going to be fucking totally sported out. This is going to be mad. Excellent. How would you sell Burke Ball? I have watched some football and I have watched some NFL, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, women's football has uh, a winter break, so I've actually had half my commitments taken off me. So I've actually been able to catch up with a lot of football. Uh, still, unfortunately, I've not seen the Arsenal Chelsea match because I re- I decided I would because I was. It, I was having uh, a socially distant dinner uh, with my father and we both agreed we didn't need any more misery. We couldn't bear the idea of losing to Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Um, and so we had dinner and then checked our phones and went, oh my God, we made dinner a huge was- mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the cans out and we all had a lovely time. Uh, since then, I actually did watch all of the Arsenal matches and a couple of other matches as well. So I have caught up. Excellent. I, I, because my Christmas was kind of like being involved in the like, kind of doing like the channel business for two different groups, and I had to go on like a, a full catch up of like highlights yesterday. And if I have to see another fucking goal from like Pavel Selchuk, I think I will just turn into a Czech Republic. <laughs> But like honestly, like I just got deja vu so many times from seeing like, oh, and and while well, Algazi has scored a goal, and Alioski has scored outside the box, and Suchek has scored a late minute header. It's like, has the same game literally happened just three times and no one has noticed because it's yeah, just, just so Groundhog, Groundhog Day football style, baby. Un- unbelievable, especially because like that, that was for the purpose of VAR wars as well. So it was a case of like, right, I am actually struggling to pay attention to this West Ham Everton match. Was there any VAR? I don't think so. I can't remember it, even though I've just watched it. <laughs> I don't think it was anywhere. Yeah, there was, there was quite a number of games that kind of, like, as you were watching them, you forgot you were watching them. So by the yes. end, you, you were just sitting there going, did I just have, like, a mini stroke for 90 minutes? Where, where am I? That was kind of the Stevens Day football, really. So like, oh, like, oh, these are nice four blue chipper games all back to back. They were all shit. <laughs> oh, they were all total crap. I, I remember actually watching a lot of games on Stevens's day and uh, mm. thinking, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one hung over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was like, it, very obviously, the players were clearly like, lads, this is bollocks. Well, they were probably oh, all pre-COVID no. symptoms. Like, they were all, after catching it, were just run down and just... Um, just didn't have the energy to play properly. I was about to say that. I was like, well, I was, I was going to say, as a card, they're probably all depressed because they have had to isolate from their families. But as we'll get into later, not a whole lot of did. <laughs> no, quite a surprising number did not 
peed that yeah. morning. It was like the fucking like narrate like Ron Howard should have popped up from Arrested Development going, Kyle Walker did not heed those warnings and decided <laughs> to jail the seven prosecutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad it's mad to watch kind of like the FA's response to the COVID thing. We probably might as well just get into the COVID response thing now. Might as well, yeah. It's mad to see the FA's response when you consider other leagues have been actually punishing players. Like the SFA, like the Scottish FA, have been handing out bans. Like it's, they've been slanging bans left, right, and centre. Like it's mental. Like two players, like two Rangers players got seven game bans there yeah. uh, the other day. Um, and the whole uh, Celtic team are in Dubai on a warm running training camp, just absolutely not taking the fucking hint. Uh, yeah, well, and actually, actually, one of the Celtic players now he got he got a three game ban with two games suspended. Mm. You know because he, he well, said, yeah, the two Rangers players went out to a party and came yeah. back. And obviously, they got papped on Instagram, and then the league went no, boom, seven game ban. And that's by the way, that's the league punishing them. Then they have yeah. to go back to their teams, and their teams have to fucking punish them. So like, oh, it's just fucking mental, you know. Like, I, I love their like faux philosophical take on it. It's just like, are you going to punish all these uh, players who have uh, met up with relatives over Christmas? Well, I mean, Christmas is a very difficult time for us all. It's like, <sighs> answer the fucking question. Are you actually going to stick to your yeah, word? Pep- no, you're not, because you're chicken chips. Yeah, Guardiola was the main one. Like, he had a press conference oh, there earlier yeah. on. Like, and yeah. it was about like Mendy uh, yeah. going on. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I would assume that there's that Guardiola's kind of in a similar vein to sort of like uh, Wenger and Ferguson in that publicly criticising his own players is not something you really do. Like like yeah. Wenger and Ferguson were notorious for like absolutely hair-drying the fuck out of their players in private, but stick a camera in front of them at a press conference and they'd rather step in front of a bus than criticise their players. And mm. I, sort of kind of, I, I get that. It's not something I'd do, but I, I sort of get that. So I, I imagine that Guardiola is probably not that lax behind the scenes with regards to players breaking COVID restrictions. In particular, when you consider that Guardiola had to bury his own mother as a result of the fucking virus. Yeah, this is it. Like, uh, but even then, still, like, they, just, they kind of just go, uh, well, you know, it's a difficult time for players. Like, or, like no, Guardiola's whole fucking press conference was kind of like a judge less he be judge judge not yes less he be judge yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh we shouldn't judge these players I was like you're fucking stupid yeah we should <laughs> like you're fucking mm. in particular Kyle Walker a serial offender like mm. he broke it back in May broke it again and as a result of the illness he had the Everton game had to be called off yeah. so you're like like at what point are you gonna like turn around to go, and go like hey lads you, you fucking wise up here like this is bullshit like yeah, like um, the, you know, the sheer fact that you have to like apologize in, in a sense, you're being an apologist for people just not taking the fucking hint when clubs like all kind of like most clubs in the league are trying their best to keep the bubbles working. And some like Newcastle and Fulham have unfortunately been struck down like quite viciously as well by it. Newcastle still missing players, and who knows how yeah, massive I think, I think they have um, long COVID as well. Like some, yeah. some Maxman has long COVID, and uh, to Lascales, yeah, yeah. Lascales, yeah, he's got it as well, yeah. You know, and that's like that—that's an unknown end for them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, there's a there's a very possible chance when you consider how people have been suffering long COVID. There's a very possible chance that their careers could all be over. Potentially, yeah, because yeah. like lung capacity could be shot completely, and there's no real way to shake it off. Yeah, as they know of, yeah, and yeah, it's exactly the same thing. So it does make a mockery of things, especially when you are like a club, let's say like Fulham, for example, and. Um, 
when you when you don't have the resources like Man City, and in a sense, you could argue, well, Man City have the biggest, like, have one of the massive biggest training campuses. You can make more social bubbles. You can do as many things you want. And regardless of how many measures they put in, it was literally just down to the stupidity of their own players not to yeah. obey the rules. And I know we're jumping in kind of to what I want to talk about later on, but in the Manchester City camp, uh, it was then, you know, announced that four of their women's players got COVID. And they postponed the the, uh, the match that they're meant to play at the uh, at the weekend, and then it was revealed that uh, and actually, you know, we were even speaking about it, it could have been cross contamination at the training center because they share the same training center. Like, oh, yes. that's unfortunate that the men's mistake has caused this issue, and the way, oh no, hmm, oh. i the men on that one, Burpa. But but then <laughs> we got it as well. Yes. Yeah, no, the players have um, all decided that even during Tier 3 and Tier 4, where travel is banned, um, yeah, Dubai is fine, because under the FIFA rules, they can go to Dubai under a business trip. <laughs> um, so, Katie McCabe for Arsenal um, actually put up Instagram posts of her in Dubai, lying out on the beach. Um, uh, you know, business. Um and her, her excuse and like, you know, is like, oh, I was going to talk to her manager. But as far as I know, her manager is her girlfriend's sister or brother-in-law. Yeah. Wasn't it two other Arsenal players as well? And the three of them didn't actually tell the club that they were going. Um, McCabe, I think, yeah, they had told, I think McCabe kind of gave a little bit of warning that she was heading over and like, look, this is happening. And, but the other two snuck off. Hell. <laughs> um, and it hasn't been announced who, who those other two are. No. But one, of the, one of the three have COVID, don't they? Yeah, and they're saying that now because they're such close contacts of the whole team. Now, that, you know, me being a bit of a detective here has narrowed it down because if that one person was part of a couple, we'll say, that went to Dubai, yes. that couple could live in a close proximity, which I know that there are three couples that live in the same building. Mm. In London. that would rule out like you know so I've kind of narrowed it down to uh, one or two players that I think it might be but um, who suspiciously not posted on their social media in the last few days um, Do you want to break the notes was Professor Layton <laughs> <laughs> finally stalking the Arsenal team have finally <laughs> done some good <laughs> exactly yes it's gotten me more than just a fucking restraining order yes <laughs> 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 but yeah, we might, as well, we might as well get into it because like that, this, these are essentially our CODs. So like you're, yeah. you're talking about like the, the buy gate, if you want to call it that, um, and people well, just deciding to go there. Th- there's so many layers to this because I mentioned to you, the, like this is before I suppose the women's team got dragged into the shitstorm of it all. But um, well, they didn't get dragged in now. Like they just, they pulled just there. Attention yeah. on themselves. Yeah, no. um, but uh during the first lockdown when football ended, that was shit. Like, people use footballs for so many different, you know, like, it's. I love watching football. I, you know, love analysing a match. And I missed it. And it was one of the things that I really missed. And it was not, like, obviously with my own sport being cancelled as well, I didn't even have the release of, or the, the kind of relaxation of just watching football. I had no sport whatsoever. It was mm. just, my own running and you know you know 
running in the park and playing football with myself in the park uh, to, you know, keep me any bit sane. So when football came back, even though we were still in lockdown, it was such, um, it was great. I watched the German League. I was a Bundesliga, like, expert by the end of it. And that footballers are basically throwing that back at people. Like, they think they can break the rules. They think they can get away with it. And they think this because they are. Mm. Um, and it's just, like, in a profession, we've all been hit by COVID. Um, like, in each of our professions, there's been, obviously, huge upheaval, working from home, trying to work from home, being sent, in, sent into the front line with no PPE. Like, we've all been affected by this. And to see footballers where there's so much effort to keep the game going, even though it's not an essential service, no. um, they're just throwing it in their faces. And then, yeah, it's just, it's shitty. And then on the women's side of it, it was recently decided that only the first two tiers were elite. Mm. Oh, yeah. The WSL and the championship were uh, decided to be elite. Um, so all the other teams that are still in the FA Cup, which is due to play at the weekend, they are not allowed to play because they're not elite. So those games have been postponed because they're not deemed elite, even though they would have been training over Christmas and stuff. And see, it's because of COVID to see then seven at least WSL players go over to Dubai for the yeah. crack. Never, never mind. I know there's been players that have gone home to their home countries and their home families in Germany or Switzerland. Um, Mm -hmm. um, all of these things that uh, yeah um, it's, it's, they're just throwing it in their faces and yeah it's not, it's not good for the image and like you've got Kyle Walker having his sex parties yeah. uh, yeah. um, would you like to see the pattern on that one if you've heard the pun yeah Kyle Walker sex party uh, oh yeah sex arse party maybe yeah <laughs> stuck in the border of Brexit it's not fair it's not fair but also the thing the thing about it is is that like the clubs themselves aren't really taking it seriously. <clears throat> I mean, in particular, like there's been actually a bit of a fucking social media storm uh, around Palace because we mentioned Fulham got like they're getting the fucking shit kicked out of them regards to COVID. Yes. Not mentioning that Palace then revealed that Milijovic uh, was out with Mitrovic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so you're thinking like your club captain has gone out. With a part of for a, for a fucking party with a member from another team who've had their last two games cancelled because they're fucking riddled with the plague, and how do Palace respond? They give him the captain's armband for the next match. <laughs> he just going like, now I understand maybe you know playing for Crystal Palace might be considered punishment in and of itself, but uh, <laughs> I've I've been here for five years. Oh, fuck the plague! I've already survived the worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I've been suffering anyway. I have to deal with fucking Zaha. I have to live in Croydon for fuck's sake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just you're just going like, what? How hmm. is that fucking appropriate? Like, even other Palace maniacs, Palace super Palace fans, are just been like, that's not the right message to send here, guys. No, like, no. I'm like, if you want to play him, fine. Okay. He's a bit of a talisman for our team. He's a bit of a rock. Right. You want to play him? Great. Don't give him the fucking cap. Don't make him captain. Yes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You fucking, how is that going to, what's the optics on that? How is it going to scan? It's not going to scan at all. Yeah. It's stupid. It's, ah. Uh, the followers and optics, I don't think 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, just like Willian, another Dubai. Oh. Mm. In fact, actually, funnily enough, he's been so bad for us. I was actually kind of glad he went. I was kind of hoping he got it. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I really, I really, I was hoping he'd catch it in Dubai so that yeah. like we wouldn't let him come back. And like, <laughs> no, you stay there. Uh, for like Fair him getting the virus has been the best has his season. It says a lot, really. That those three Arsenal women players went over to try and find Willian's mojo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've just you've described a really rather horrendously niche porno plot there. <laughs> I, I, I think it's more of a case of the Arsenal women trying to break his knees. Just like yeah, fuck yeah. You, we can't afford four players. Fuck. You <laughs> now, if you want, if you want, a, if you want an Arsenal women's player to break somebody up, get Van Dunk on him. Van Dunk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's one of like the anonymous ones, and she's been she's been uh, anonymized to protect the innocent or something. No, she's like, she's yeah, she's been anonymized to protect everyone else because anybody yeah. out her now is going to get fucked up. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because they're afraid to name her. Exactly. Yeah. You want. You want. <laughs> Somebody yeah. tweets. Oh, somebody tweets. One of the unnamed players was Danielle, and then suddenly they get two footed through a door. D A N. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> the final scene in Pet Cemetery when she reaches up through the ground. Ah! <laughs> it was Danny Sabios. Yes, it was that women's player. Get get him, fellas. Um, um, so yeah, that's our cod. Sorry, kind it's of. I, I, have, I also have a cod that's actually not COVID related. No, it doesn't care. It doesn't know. Completely not. But uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a surprise actually because my cod over the Christmas is Jurgen Klopp. Ooh, yes. I wanted I wanted to have a conversation about this for a while because I wanted to let it play out and see like was it like what's kind of the the reason for this, but um. Obviously, Liverpool are in a bit of a are in kind of their annual slump, as it were. And uh, now, in all, as some, in all as, fairness, as some like in all, in all fairness, not to slightly derail what you're about to say, because I yeah. now because in, in all fairness, you're going to make a lot of good points, and I'm going to agree with a lot of what you say. Mm. Um, but like when you say a slump, right? Yes. You've lost twice, <laughs> only twice, right? Yes, uh, you're still top of the league. Yes, we're uh, still top. Yes, yeah, you've got like a rake load of players to come back from injury. And you're still mm. top. Like, if this is a slump, there's a lots of there's lots of fucking teams. Like, if you want to see slump, like we got you covered in that slump. Oh yeah, you know? oh, yeah. We, we got we got we got slump. <laughs> <laughs> the whole league is a slump. Like, I'm not I'm not I'm not denying that. And again, that's actually my my, my my runner up for my card actually, which I probably should have gone with, which was Frank Lampard. Like Chelsea mm. in a fucking slump. We, we, we will we will be going deep into Chelsea later on. Um, Thankfully, because there's a lot to talk about there. Lots oh, of yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Clop, yeah. Please. Yeah, like I wanted to have a talk about him because, again, it feels a bit harsh to like, nominate them as a cop, but I wanted, I thought this was a good chance to have a talk about like how he's been this season. And like, like Klopp has this kind of like general like public image of being this kind of happy-go-lucky Hank Scorpio type guy where like, like the, the unbearable charisma he has just makes you like fall in love with him and his antics and so forth like that. And obviously it's kind of like, Mannerisms has changed as the more like he's taken, the, the more he's taking football seriously in a sense. This year is kind of weird because um, obviously his kind of like remit is about like the player welfare and how like um, having them play in these kind of con- like this, this situation is not good for for 
his club and his team and on so forth. And I just found it odd, like he's he's had a lot of um kind of like um very weird little skirmishes and scuffles with different people, and it doesn't really suit him, and it doesn't really suit the team. Um, notably was the one with Chris Wilder about the five substitutions rule and then getting really pissy about how they're like still without a win and on course to make Derby County's team looks like uh, peak Guardiola Barcelona but but to actually to, to kind of use that as a weapon against Sheffield United is very unfair and I think we said this at the time I think it was a bit it, it, it is harsh to say that to, to a team like Sheffield particularly considering that like you fleeced them 24 million for Rian Brewster who's yet to come good for them uh, although granted he's had very limited chances the other one the other few ones I wanted to talk about were in the last few weeks where he's um, he's basically tried to rationalise like um, poor performances like the one against West Brom where they were like fucking Harlem Globetrotters in the, in the first half and then let Big Sam kind of like take advantage of the second and in Newcastle where they basically kept shooting at Carl Garlow and scratching their heads scoring wondering why they couldn't score a goal here's an idea try and shoot past the goalkeeper that's how you're supposed to do it he's had a great game don't get me wrong but like try shooting around the goalkeeper you know what I mean yeah, I mean, like, hand- surely, surely getting into a, a scoring opportunity where the keeper has no chance, like at some mm-hmm. point you're kind of thinking, no, see this guy, right? The guy with the gloves on, he's actually good. Yeah. Uh, I know I know the people in front of him may not really give too much of a shit about stopping you running past them, but he's actually really good at his job. So you're going yes. to have to work. when You have to try. You actually have to try here. You're going to yes. have to put some effort in. And they're like, yes. no, everything up. I think maybe it was kind of like a low, a false sense of security trap rather than, you know, mm. offside trap. No, false sense of security trap where the players realise it's so effortless up till the run on goal. And then they're like, ah, oh, the goalkeeper's going to be the same. And then now he's fucking Dr. Octopus. Yeah, the false, <laughs> it, it, that's, a good, that's a good word to use there because there is there has been a bit of a false sense of security at Liverpool. They've had this kind of like reassurance, which they've obviously developed since last season, that they do have enough class and skill to win games at a, at a canter. And it's not like that this season because a lot of clubs have like found have found kind of shortcuts to our play, and that is to like you know when Trent tries to be a winger and like exposes thirty yards of space, shocker! If you run in that space, you normally get a goal out of it. Who knew that could be the case? Um, but I, again, and to get kind of like really pissy about like oh we can't play our normal style because of so many games and so forth. It's like you had the same problem last season, and you won three championships out of it. You won three massive competitions. Well, not Super Cup, but, you know, it's three significant competitions commercially. So you, you, you've already gone through this type of season and now it's just more truncated, it's more abridged and this is kind of the, the, sh- the shrunken part of the season and the rest of it is now kind of on track now. So in a sense, you shouldn't, you should stop having these kind of com- complaints. I can understand he's frustrated because he's losing two centre-backs uh, to long-term injuries and they won't be back until March or April at the latest. But here's the thing, you had every opportunity to sign a centre-back in the summer and you didn't. You actively didn't take it. You thought, OK, we'll have Fabinho in, in, in defence as a number four. Centre-back will never need to use him in that point. Fucking massive check-offs going there, lads, right? Because at that time, it then coincided with the fact that your midfield, you've bolstered it immensely with Diago. And that's great, that's super. And then he gets injured and you have nothing to back that up because your whole squad depth is based off very injury-prone players who are really good and really likable. I love Ox and Shakiri. Name me a time when they're both fit, for God's sake. Like, like Ox is only starting a game for the first time like in a year almost against the Hampshire. Yeah, like, I'm like did, uh, well, no. did his injury record at Arsenal now? Like, I'm like, at some point, actually, funnily enough, I was about to say, like, 
Ox's injury record at Liverpool somewhat vindicates the Arsenal medical team because everybody yeah. was just looking at him like, what are they? What the fuck are the Arsenal medical team doing? Do they still treat their players with leeches? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then to see Ox go to a team who have like who've actually poached uh, one of our medical staff. Yes. Uh, Back the, in leeches, so like it's not working. Yeah, clearly yes. But yeah, it's, it's exactly that, and and it's same with Shakira. Well, it's a bit of a vindication, yeah, yeah, and and the thing is, like, it's like a lot of the stuff he's complaining about are, are problems of his own making because um, there's a lot of transfers he kind of pulled out of in the summer, like kind of saying like, well, there's COVID stuff, there's money not there, whatever it is. You still sign Jota, you still sign Thiago, you know, so there's there's money there in the in the cover somewhere, and you just deliberately left the team with with holes, and now to complain about those holes when it's like it's like that kind of like moment in Brass Eye when they accidentally like launch a pedophile into space and an eight-year-old child in the bunker. This is the one thing we <laughs> no, didn't want to happen. It's, it's, it's That's like, happened three times this season. <laughs> it's like that, uh, that uh, the audience member on Question Time who was yes. during Brexit when they were talking about the Irish border thing and just talks his way into a United Ireland as if it's like... <laughs> Come up with the problem. I've come up with the solution, right? I've got the solution. Just get rid of it. Like, and people are looking at him going, "Do you know what you're saying, pal? You fucking idiot!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's that kind of thing. Like, I, I can't. I, I've had like a very weird season as a Liverpool fan, where I found myself disagreeing with Pop on most of his arguments. Like, I disagree with him about the Chris Wilder thing. I don't think it's fair to be calling out like coaches on their self interests when like they are naturally paranoid about big clubs trying to steal the fucking league. Um, I didn't like how he went against went uh, towards a BT reporter by actually challenging him on yeah. his arguments. That I was stupid. That was pure uh, there, but the, that was I was watching that live and I was going, "What the fuck?" The other bit, yeah, <laughs> like, like literally everyone. And the thing is, like, Liverpool are not an exception to the rule. We are not playing extra games here. Man City are playing the same level of games as us. As is Ars- Arsenal are playing more. Leicester are playing more. Man United are now going to be playing more in the Europa League. You know, so we are not a special case anymore like we were last season when we did have like essentially a 60-game season and we had to sacrifice competitions to make that work. We can't do that anymore, right? We can't have that excuse. And if you are complaining that you can't play your normal style and it's affecting you, it's your job to manage that. You have all these coaches and elite performers and like, we, like brand new training facilities to make that work. Yeah, well, apart from the women, obviously. Um, But uh, again, why isn't there a men's World Cup, lads? Simple question. But the thing is, you can't... And I think what was the last one now previously was given out about Man United penalties. I was like, okay, I can totally see your point. Like, it looks like a crazy stat. But you know what? Leicester have got more penalties this season than Man United. Are you going to complain about Brendan Rodgers? That that was, was, uh, funnily enough, much like Burkbaugh. I saw mm. that one live and I went, Is he, wait, did he actually say that? Yeah. I, I was literally the... looking because uh, I was drinking whiskey at the time. And I just yeah. thought, shit must be stronger than I thought. Like, what the fuck? Like, mm. I was half okay. expecting to turn over the bottle and see paint stripper or something like that. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I can see why he's doing it. Like, it's, it, I don't think, is that, like, Josie always has this tactic of, like, creating a storm in a teacup to diffuse away from the team. But what's this act- what this is actually doing is just winding up the team more of having this kind of woe is me, we're all like, everyone's all against us type deal. It's just like, we're fucking better than this, lads. Come on. Like, literally, like, you have, like, you have been the Harlem Globetrotters all year and all, up until this point, and you have three wonky results against ultra-defensive and high-pressure teams. 
and then suddenly, and again, we'll probably have a same similar result against Villa. I won't be, I don't, won't be surprised at all if we lose against Villa in the cup because it looks like again for another year we're going to sacrifice the FA Cup for the greater good, which I fucking hate, by the way, because I love the FA Cup as a, as, a, as a campaign. So when that happens, right, and then they go, well, we have to do it to to survive in the league and the Champions League. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. You are a, a coach of one of the biggest clubs in in Europe in the world at this rate. And if you wanted to just poach players for the sake of it, like Chelsea did, you could have done that. You could have had Timo Werner. You could have had Ben White. You could have had Diego and Jota. See how Werner's worked out for Chelsea. That's, uh... <laughs> fair, like, we were going to have him as, a, as our fourth striker. Like We were going to have him as a bench player. So that would have actually worked better. And he wouldn't have been out of position as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you, wouldn't you, know. be sti- you wouldn't have stuck him out on the left wing. Like Yeah. This is it. So, like, I, I find his arguments pointless. I think he just needs to fucking knuckle down and get on with the actual job that he's doing, which is head coach. Stop Can bitching I- him off the press. It doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit the club. Just fucking get on with it. Simple as that. Can I just put forward that? Like, obviously, last season, it was a walk in the park for you guys. Mm. Um, and now it's not because the yeah. league is as well. And I, I think... That stress, I think, like he's very visibly it is. Stressed. Oh, it's very clearly stress related. Like, you can tell that he's he's seeing his players dropping like flies. He's seeing the fact that he can't; they're not running as many yards anymore because his whole game is based on mileage. So, in all fairness, in all fairness, I think that you could be beaten to the league by Matt, this Manchester United team. That's gonna stress you out. Yeah, <laughs> flawed team. But then again, like, but here's the thing: they're doing things a little bit smartly. They know they have a shortcut there in Fernandez and Rashford, so just fucking use it. Like we, like we can't complain because we nearly won the league with a team that was just Suarez and Sturridge. So we can't complain there. Like it's yeah, a very similar yeah. parallel, you know. It's, it's so funny anyway. actually. He should take a kind of take his own advice because um, during the Southampton game, you can mm. actually hear him on the sidelines screaming, "Wake up!" Yeah. How's this gone? <laughs> you wanna. You want to take I mean, your own advice? That, that was a that, yeah. in all fairness, I actually think that's kind of like your your a bit your season a microcosm because mm. fuck me, like I've never seen a more attacking lineup in my entire life. Oh that's it. Out. I loved that. I was like you literally you literally had only two defensive players on the pitch. Yeah. Sorry, three, including the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just it. Like you three forwards, four attacking mids, and two of the most attacking minded fullbacks in world football. I'm yeah. just like, kind of like, he's not going out to like beat Hassenhuttle. Like, he's going out to fucking humiliate. Like, if this clicks, like, this mm. is going to be a fucking slaughter. Like, somebody might actually die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I was saying to you, I was like, yeah, my first thought was like, this, this, the ending score could be wind up being classed as a hate crime. Yeah. Um, and no, fucking hell, it just didn't work. And I, you know, Ings' yeah. goal was really good. So like, yeah, it was clever. It was it was a, it was a worker genius. And here's the thing: the reason he's annoyed at that is because his team are not showing the same genius. They are legitimately burnt out. And it's it like, like loads team. loads went round. I'm mean, like I I didn't say it now because I've I've I'm getting off social media, so I, I deleted my Twitter there. But people mm. were always telling me like the Trent Alexander Arnold lost the ball like a record amount of time. times. Thirty six times. Thirty six times in one game. Fucking hell. Here's the thing. Well, like, again, he might as well that. just put on a Sedapton jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. We designed that because we literally we only had one idea, which was to get out to the fullbacks. When you have Thiago on the pitch and Oxley running into the midfield, we kept doing the same things. It's like, this is why you're dropping points because you're not thinking outside the box. 
and this is and this is my issue with Liverpool now is that like when you have Thiago on the team, you're now going to expect him to just spray the balls back and forth, which is great. It's beautiful. I love it when it happens because he's a brilliant footballer. But here's the thing. The, the team is better than the sum of its parts half the time. You have to be able to like show a little bit of wit against teams who are naturally going to be fresher than you because they have less games and they work at a lesser output than you do. So you have to be a bit smarter. You can't just like um, keep knocking the door down against West Brom and Newcastle and then scratch your heads when you're drawn. It's like, these teams know how you play. You know you're going to have the ball all the time. So they're just going to let you have the ball and hit you on the break. You need to be prepared for that. You are the champions. This is what you have to do. Teams have done it before. Like Arsenal's and Chelsea's of, the, of, of years gone by have had plans against defensive teams like this. And you know what? It worked. That's why they were serial winners. It's just burnout. It's just not thinking straight. It's not trying hard enough on the field and then getting into little pissing contests for no reason. The priorities are all wrong. Just get back on the training field and think outside the box. Simple as that. Yeah, pretty much. Simple Although, funnily enough, we aren't currently the Manchester City derby in the FA Cup. Oh, mm. no, in the Carabao Cup is on. It's yes. half time now. It's nil all. Indeed, yeah. But um, there's been three disallowed goals and one shot, <laughs> off, the, and one shot off the post, apparently. So, oh, man. It, it, it's a good thing Bar Wars does not count the League Cup. Or geez, <laughs> yeah, I have a exactly, yeah. So yes, let's set our cards to start up this podcast. Um, I'm going to go about go to Carl Walker. I think he is the um, Carl Walker. He's the poster boy of every stupid footballer since. Uh, no, God, that's harsh on Gaza. And um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think he is the dumbest footballer alive. Like, I legit think so. Even Balotelli's thinking, like, dude, mate, come on. Yeah. You know, wasn't, Balotelli, like, wasn't Balotelli not just stu- not stupid? He was just mental. He was just mental. Yeah, like Carl Walker. You think he actually just doesn't have a semblance of thought. Well, I- I'll, I'll go with the I'll go with the female footballer COVID idiots because it would be massively hypocritical were I not to considering who I picked as a god and the yes. race <laughs> equality all around lads equality um, yes absolutely and Burke, I'll have a just I'm gonna go with Kyle Walker and um, um, no I do I I do think um, Klopp's kind of breakdown mental issues there. Um, they're more because his team aren't entertaining. He's trying to be the entertainment. So mm, possibly, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, again, and you know what? This will, this will probably all change in two weeks if we do well against Man United. It is just in the interim when you're thinking like, like if you have problems with the team, fix them. Stop complaining about it. Like we give a we give it we give a piss about Arteta and Lampard saying the exact same thing having their Alan Partridge moment and here's Klopp literally being Alan Partridge. We we have yeah. to be fair. Well, you know no, like, Lampard's Lampard's gone a bit further there. Like he's just he he he's gone he's gone to places. Bigger than that, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> you know. But yeah, we'll get, we will get into it. Um, yeah. Well, I'll dip in quickly uh, so we can get these out of the way about VAR wars. I've had to catch up on seven match days worth of this, right? So I'm not going to go blow by blow. But shockingly, um, the last two match days have had no VAR interference whatsoever, which is wonderful. Shockingly, um, would you believe? So I'll tell you who's leading. Um, shock horror it's Man United <laughs> but it's only by two points now unfortunately they, they had like one or two decisions against them at this point um, but they're still leading there's only a few teams that are still like positive on the VAR chart in a sense but there's a few now that's well into the ma- negatives um, Wolves is on minus three I think they've had like three VARs in a row chopped off yeah. which is crazy uh, Villa actually sorry no, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Wolves it was Villa that's had like uh, had a run of minus uh, ones before this, um, which was truncated then by a postponed game, which is presumably also going to be a minus one. 
but they're on <laughs> minus four at the minute. Um, the other team that's minus four actually is West Brom. Uh, they've had three, two red cards and a disallowed penalty um, in that time. So now they're minus four, but still leading the way is Liverpool with a minus five, um, which is significant because one of them uh, was a game against Brighton, which was a minus two. Um, so yeah, that was a, that's not been a, a good time. So I suppose like the chart maybe like puts like weight onto like Klopp's uh, suggestion of like referee bias, but it's bollocks. Just stop talking. Just get get the, get the team working. Um, I'll also briefly let mention about all the sackings in the P forty five crew. Um, first off, I'll give a I'll give a brief abridgment on this. Fleetwood Town is still the P forty five crew. There's still two kills. Um, but in terms of the team that the teams that have Change managers, Bradford City have a new one. Uh, they, they sacked Stuart McCall. Uh, AFC Barrow sacked their manager, David Dunn. Remember him? He used to be a Blackburn Rovers player. Yeah. Um, from Premiership years gone past. Yeah, they sacked him. Uh, I suppose the most noteworthy one was West Brom sacking Slavin Village after drawing with Manchester City, which I think is hilarious. Um, yeah. uh, I, I have thoughts on West Brom. I hope they go down because of that, because Village did nothing wrong. He asked for more money. Didn't get it, and they spent overspent on the Ghana then about like or by about eight million, and then and they sold off his like best centre back Gazi to a Saudi Arabian club, and shockingly he kicked off about that, and the owners didn't like that and sacked him off a big Sam. This really and is was, Brett. Yeah, uh, over in China though. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yes, he is. He's a uh, the Beijing Guan manager now, which is great. So he gets a massive paycheck off that. So swings and roundabouts, I guess, and the. Sticking with the W's, uh, Watford, right? Watford are the bad ones. Yeah, they're in the championship now. Yeah. Okay. They sacked their manager. And Vlad, uh, what was his name? Vladimir Ivich. Yes, Ivich. Very generic name. Uh, they sacked him after four months in charge because they're nine points behind Norwich, who are the leaders. And they uh, replaced him with the terrifically generically named Zisco Gomez. Um, so good for them. Good for them. Uh, Ian Holloway, remember him? He uh, he quit uh, the Grizzly Town job, um, which is a shame. Sheffield Wednesday, um, they hired Tony Pulis 45 days ago and then sacked him. So he, he lasted a month and a half um, there. Uh, <laughs> that the chairman even saying, I made a mistake hiring Tony Pulis. It was like, yeah, you did, didn't you? You really fucking did. Like, Everyone how do you not realise that you're when... You're saying you're hired to Tony Pulis that that's a mistake. Like, how can you not realize that? I think you realize how like white his trainers are and going, Jesus Christ, this is actually a health hazard. He's going to blind their own players, you know. Or maybe the threat of headbutting them and naked in the shower somehow didn't resonate at the time. But still, still with his cap on. Yeah, still with his cap on. Of course. I mean, how else <laughs> would you do it? Come on. Um, but yes, uh, the other two, the, the recent ones would have been Burton Albion second and their team captain, Jake Buxton, um, which is a shame. Uh, replaced by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who was their previous manager, shockingly. Um, oh. So good for him. And who else was there? Uh, oh yes, Joey Barton leaving uh, his position at Fleetwood Town. Supposedly, there was a row between him and Chet Evans, um, which uh, inspired his sacking because Chet Evans is leaving to join Sheffield Wednesday. So literally a, rail, a fight between the two most pe- people you don't like and both of them lost one, who knows? Either way, they both, they both left the club now. So that's um, something, I guess. Um, but because like, there, there's no points given to that, that one because uh, they haven't played in three weeks because of COVID outbreaks. So it's a self-kill, yeah. maybe? I don't know. I, I'm not counting it anyway. That's and, uh, 
yeah, perhaps, perhaps, I don't know. Maybe we can put it down to, Jamie, to Joey Barton, I don't know. Um, but either way, and then Fort Vale's like their manager as well. So points all around to loads of teams, uh, Oldham, Crawley, Manchester, Man City, Huddersfield, Bradford, Blackburn, Wigan, and Mansfield. But still Fleetwood with town, now without a manager, are still the P45 crew after this busy Christmas period. So, I, I would count number three. Hmm? Um, I would count number three. Will we count as we count as a as a as a as a shot in the foot? I think we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll count that. So they haven't. Well yes, <laughs> they played themselves. Um, so yeah, that 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 then. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll start. I suppose we'll wrap up the podcast by kind of like checking in with the Premier League table as it is, and um, more so than others. Uh, we'll start off at the bottom, um, and very bottom in this case, Sheffield United, and um, very much going down, lads. It's fair to say. Yeah. 12 points away from safety. They haven't won a game all season. Um, it's kind of sad, really, in a sense, because like, they, they are very like record for longest, un- <clears throat> longest run without a win yes. from, start- from the start of the season, which is 17 games. Mm. Um, yeah, no, um, in all fairness, like, no, they're going down. And I think the only thing they can have to play for is that they don't be <laughs> beat. Uh, Derby's record for yeah. uh, you know being the worst team basically being the worst team which but by the way Derby finished that season with 11 points they can do it you know it's, it's achievable <laughs> they can get they can get like eight more draws and they're there you know that is sure yeah but, like that's the, that's the thing that's how dismal this team is playing like I don't mm. think eight draws no I don't think I'm it's not- gonna be I don't think they're gonna do it it, this, is the, this is the weird thing about that team because I look at it and like think and I think it's weird how the drop off has been so sudden and like a lot of them are, are thinking like well it's clear it, so they're trying to attribute it to the captain like being out for the season with an ACL injury and that obviously does suck it really is bad and but you have to look at like their recruitment and think like are these are these players really doing the job like and um, I think Ramsdale has let them let them down massively this season and. Um, Oh my god, that was such a stupid buy, though. Like they, yeah, like, yeah, no, that was. He, I didn't rate him as a goalkeeper. I don't think Neil did either. No, no, Ramsdale's not that good. I mean, like he he was good at one point for like a brief season or two, mm. when he, he just seemed to be able to string together a lot of passes, or string together a lot of saves. And people were like, oh, this guy, maybe this guy's actually quite good. And then he just kind of reverted to type and we're like, oh, no, he's really not. He's yeah, um, yeah he's, he's basically, he's just, he's gotten by on the fact that he's actually a fairly large man who can move surprisingly quickly. Yeah. But he can't it's do it with any... Emotion of him being a keeper. He can't, as to, yeah, he can't really do it with any sort of skill or alacrity or, mm. <laughs> or anything like that. Like, he's just like, yeah. he's... Headless. He's not like Sacco, where he's just like, <laughs> yeah. but it works. Imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine Sacco, but it didn't work. That's yeah. Lovren. Lovren. Yeah, 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 Lovren. That's, um, that's <laughs> yeah, it's a keeper. But yeah, it's a pity because, like, again, it's a very likable team. There's a big Irish contingent in it, and obviously, I wanted like Brewster to hit the ground running there. It's not. It's not looking like it. Um, no, a ridiculous amount of money in the summer for it. Yeah. Watch. Like drops they got, so. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, like, is the kind of the top of that chain, really. The rest of the signings have not really worked out. Like Sander Berge is, is another one who I thought, like, when he's playing a game, great player, very similar to Fabinho, how he plays. 
just has he just doesn't get it. Like the system, I don't know if it's because they play really complicated and it doesn't go anywhere. I don't know, but they just half the team don't seem to get it anymore, which is very odd, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a pity. Um, unfortunately, they are going down at this rate. Um, West Brom is a curious case because obviously we mentioned that Village was sacked and uh, Big Sam is now back in doing his usual firefighter job. He could very well get them through, but at the same time, they no, have conceded. I was going to say, they just conceded nine <laughs> goals in two games. Not a good look, lads, I'll be honest. 13 goals in three games, <laughs> I think you'll true. find. Very true, very true, yes. Um, um, yeah, so yeah no, it, it's just not going to... It's not going to work. Apparently, he wants... He, funnily enough, now that we mentioned, he wants in um, mm. Mamadou Saku and wants to try and get Tosun on loan. Yes. Um, uh, January it, period, but I just I just don't see it happening. Like, um, no. It's just not... The thing is, is that like his midfield just goes completely fucking walkabouts. Mm. He's just, yeah. They're just not... They're not listening. I think what was actually, funnily enough, when I was watching the Arsenal game... What a game. Yeah, that was a brilliant game. Mm. But in the previous games before that, and it kind of it kind of personified, it sort of calcified the thought in my head, in that the players really didn't want Billich sacked. No, they actually all really liked him. It was just they a really Because yeah, exactly. Even the players were coming out and going, "Look, don't blame the coach for this. This is us just not doing what he's telling us. He's telling us the mm. right things. We're just not performing." So sacking the player, sacking the popular coach, like it's just like. There's a very real possibility that, Aller, that the players are just looking at Allardyce and going, I'm not going to play for this guy. Yeah. You know? Um, I think like that was kind of... Um, after the second goal went in for us uh, in that 4-0 win, um, they stopped. They absolutely stopped. Uh, after, after that second goal went in for us, I had to go change. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first Arsenal goal you've scored in a long time, to be fair. Like, we will get to it, but yeah. It's- yeah, but yeah. no, um, I like um, to allow Lacazette to score two goals against you is always a bad like you know marker for you. Oh, yeah. oof! Oh, he's had a bit of a resurgence now. That's that's quite a that's turn of the lack. Quite harsh on a uh, Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's he's pretty good. I think he, it's he's working in this. Actually, sorry, we'll get to Arsenal when we get to Arsenal. Yeah. But um, Islaka likes to have time on the ball, and West Brom were like, here's a red carpet, sir. Have <laughs> a time you'd like. Yeah. And yeah, it worked but, out well. Well, it, it makes change from us usually rolling out the fucking red carpet to the, like, to the likes of Everton. <laughs> Which we will get to as well. Um, and yeah, currently in the drop zone as well, but kind of by virtue of like COVID at this rate is Fulham. Um, they are. They have kind of like rescued themselves a little bit, and have kind of like played likes of uh, Brighton and Burnley in danger a bit. And um, I have to say, like, uh, like again, this is after like we've kind of played them and, and kind of seen them kind of firsthand what they're like. They're not a bad team, in fairness. Like they're like the, the players they've they've got in the likes of Luckman and kind of redeploying uh, Reed, Reed cover Reed as a right back when he's meant to be a striker. Bit of a bit of a smart choice in fairness because like they've they've the team has a lot of wit. They're they're quite gritty in in the centre of of midfield. Um and their goalkeeper Ariola has been fantastic. Like a really good goalkeeper for a change. Um considering last time they Premier League, they signed three of them and played none of them. So you know, it's an improvement at least. 
Um, it shows, I actually will say, like, like Fulham actively do seem like a team trying to play for the manager, which is great. You know, they, see, they do seem, seem to believe in what Parker is doing there and want to play for him. It's just a question of whether they can beat the likes of a, a Burnley or Brighton in the process and stay up. I don't know if they will or not, because, again, the COVID now could be ravaging their team permanently. We don't know. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. But at least they, they have been giving it a fair shake. And the, for the team, for the, some of the, the games I've seen them before, they're a very open team um, defensively, but they do try. So I, I, I like teams that try, you know. It's, it's nice to see them try. I never um, hate them. I can't. Like, it's just like, they're like mid-2000s Premier League team, like Craven Cottage, Des Lynham, you know. Oh, so they've had some actually quite Maggot, good. Robin Tees on Breed Hangeland's knee. Yeah. Like, you can't hate that, you know. It's beautiful. They've also had some good results. Like, they beat Leicester. Mm. Big know? deal. Big, Big deal. deal. Like, yeah. so, they've, you know, they've been doing really well. Like, yes. you know, I mean, um, again, I suppose we, we'll, we'll kind of agree, treat these as a group of three then. They're kind of yeah, threatened uh, with relegation. Uh, Brighton on 14, Burnley on 16, two games in hand, and Newcastle on 19 with one in hand. Um, like out of those three, you'd probably say like Newcastle are the most out of form, but that's kind of down to COVID as well, <laughs> funny enough. Burnley have saved themselves a good bit this season too. Like they've had like two, two massive wins against Arsenal United. They very much needed that, and they've, they've had like a run of games as well. I think they beat Wolves as well. Uh, and uh, did they beat Leeds? I think they beat Leeds as well. So they've had a good run of games. Not they lost Leeds. They lost, they lost Leeds. Yes, sorry, I was getting my game mixed up. Um, but nevertheless, like they've had they beat Sheffield the last. They beat Sheffield one 0 last time. Yes, funnily enough. Yes, wrong Yorkshire club. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the same. But um, but yeah, they needed those wins. The clubs have been taken over, which is interesting enough. And um, by American venture capitalists, which uh, always goes well for clubs, I can assure you. Uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Out of those teams, like, do you see any of them being dragged into the bottom tree? Like, kind of based off. Team-wise, you'd probably say Newcastle there. But they have, like, a good points margin there. I don't know if that will be enough, though. I was about to say, actually, funnily enough, I would have thought Burnley would probably get dragged in. Mm. When I get at those three, Burnley have by far the worst goal difference. They're on oh, wait, wait, on, healthy margin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've got... They're sitting on minus double digits. Um, mm. The only team actually outside of the bottom... Actually, the only team outside of the bottom three sitting on minus double digits. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just like they're not scoring and go. They're like they're shipping loads of goals and they're not scoring any. And you know, squeaking by one nil here, one losing one nil there. That's it's not going to get you very far. Like, yeah, they're, they're it's not the same scoring. rule for Brighton as well, actually, isn't it? But they're kind of like they're playing really nice football, but just can't score, which is very bizarre. Yeah. Like, like, but even then, when you when you look at the like you look at Burnley, right? So Burnley, Newcastle, and Brighton, right? Brighton mm. have twenty one goals for right. Now they've shipped 28, but they've yeah. scored 21 fucking goals. Uh, Newcastle have scored 18. Um, granted, they've shipped 26. Burnley have scored nine. Yeah. Nine fucking um, goals in 15 games. Like, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I think then, I think like center backs comes to you for three of them. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. Is, there is no way that, there's no way that's sustainable. Can I just warn you here? I know like 2021 is off to a rocky start as it is, but I just want to say right now that John Stones has just scored a goal for Man City. I don't think it gets any worse than that. The resurgence of John Stones is something I'm not here for. I just want to see this again. So it comes from a free kick. It's uh, whipped in. Oh, he could be off, you know. He could be off. That will oh, make it. 
Mm, we'll see. I will make we'll four see. disallowed goals in this game. You know, I think he's on. He is. He is on. But it's a case of whether they treat um, Mares as offside. I don't think they're looking at it because again, I don't have the audio on here. No, no, I don't know. It's a goal. City are leading. Excellent. Um, yeah. So yeah, how about that? Um, so yeah, how about yourself, Burkbot? Have you any thoughts on these three teams? Um, my my thoughts is I'm I'm not sad to see Burnley go down, but um, I would like Brighton to stay up purely because they um, have a decent women's team and they kind of put a good amount of effort into the women's team. So I want to keep that going. Yeah, like I, I like Brighton as a concept. I like what they're what they're doing there. On Newcastle, yeah. then fuck Mike Ashley. So if they go down, that'd be grand for me as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have Mike a Sponsor of Cork GAA, Mike Ashley. Oh. <laughs> let's not, let's not go there, please. <laughs> we'll take that for the Liquid GAA podcast, which is coming out soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll treat these as three teams as well. Um, from 14 to 12, Crystal Palace, Wolves, and Leeds United, kind of a, a group of blue chippers in a sense. Um, Palace have a very like kind of likable team in fairness between Zaha Eze and the resurgent Christian Benteke. No, it's going to stop you there. I like them. Well, you nearly vomited onto the camera there, man. <laughs> the teams from last season that I could never remember existed yes. are the team I can't remember exist in this, this season. All right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, just let's skip on. Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, uh, and yeah, like Wolves again, kind of having that weird kind of flaw in the midfield we keep talking about, but they seem they might remedy that by um, by recalling Gibbs White into the team because they 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 got him back from Swansea. So hopefully that might improve them. Um, because yeah, let's be fair, they're they are a bit out of place in thirteenth, has to be said. Um, but of course losing Jimenez will will kind of account for a lot of that. Um, Leeds are twelfth. Um, again the joint points with Arsenal at the moment. Um, again, they're just a fun watch. Like you don't know what you're going to get with them half the time. Um, I'm glad to see them do well. Yeah, it's it's great. It's 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 healthy for for us to have a promoted team that's actually likable as well. <laughs> An open team that actually do win. It's great. Except for Bamford, yeah. I do not like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Bam Bamford, baby. Well, if it's any consolation, like Bamford's only scoring like one or two goals now, whereas everyone else is scoring more. So you know. It's 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 balancing out a bit, you know. It's it, he's reverting to the mean. Now that you've no. said that, now he's gonna no, no, no. Revert, he's gonna revert to hat trick Bamford. Yes, uh, exactly. You know, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so in eleventh place at the moment, um, just in touching distance of the top ten is Arsenal, who yep. have um, have much like Jesus himself has resurrected himself just in time for uh, Christmas. I'm not a Catholic. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> um, You've on a, you're on a run, lads. You're on a run of wins. Um, uh, we've on a run of good play. I know uh, we played well against Chelsea. I've watched the highlights of that match. Um, the first half against Brighton was shit. Um, mm. The second half against Brighton was a lot better. And then West Brom, we were pure sex. Like, it was proper old Arsenal. Tick-a-tacka, mm. devastating attacks. It could have been 7 or 8 nil. Like that. Yeah. Actually, it could, it could have been double digits. Like, holy fuck. Like, uh, there were so many, like, shanked shots. Like, in particular, Aubameyang 
um, like just there was one fucking particular one where you could just see where he was going for. He was going for far post, and you're just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, he gets his foot around this. Like we know he can. He wraps his foot around this. It's fucking in, and he hits it, and he doesn't wrap his foot around it, so it goes closer to the corner flag, and I'm like, not one for the highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, and also like we could have beaten Chelsea by much more. Yeah. Um, only for Mendy both simultaneously being incredibly stupid by passing to the op- directly to the opposition striker while 20 yards out of his goal. Mm, uh, but goal. also, yeah, managing to redeem himself by making himself so large, which isn't that difficult because he's a fucking huge human being yeah. um, that he could save Lacazette's result in Shaw. So, yeah, like, mm. I think... Um, no, I'm 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 really really fucking I'm happy with our last three, um, because it gets us out of the, well it does it doesn't get us out of the bottom half of the table but it gets us out of negative goal difference. Um, mm. um, we're kind of chasing the pack now in this way, which is good. It's sort of, but I think sort of, but I think where where it's going to come from, I think the fact like oh, until they got drubbed by Tottenham three fucking nil. Um, outside of the bottom three, we had lost the most out of any fucking team. Like yeah. We, yeah. Eight, we have eight losses. And even then, it's it's only Leeds that are joined with us now. They have eight as well. Mm. Uh, the reason why we're still in with a bit of a shout is that we've won seven of them. So, like... And it is the kind of nature of the league as well, in, in fairness. Like, you have a lot of teams that have very similar records at the moment. So, yeah. like, the difference between, like, what? The difference between... Uh, 14th and 6th is very like negligible whereas in other seasons there would be like a fucking great wall between them so yeah that's perhaps your benefit this season I think we've really really benefited from having Emile Smith-Rowe and Martinelli come back into the fold I was just about to make this point like literally like you should be like throwing roses at the feet of Emile Smith-Rowe because he is the reason this team has I am going to say I have been singing that boy's praises for years yeah. Like, oh, yeah. When yeah. It was, whether it's been recorded on this podcast or whether it was just me salivating at his calves. <laughs> um, no, um, he's, he's another Jack Grealish, low socks, big calves, motherfucker. Like, you know. Um, no, uh, I, I actually just called him Kenneth Page because he reminds me of character from 30 Rock. And that is literally the reason I remember him from the <laughs> Academy. It's like he signed his first professional contract. And I was like, <laughs> It's like kind of the pages just signed for Arsenal. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to my out for him and I watched his progress throughout the years and him going out on loan to various different clubs. Not mm. necessarily like keeping an eye on his match playing ability, but like kind of getting his stats kind of. And when he came back and started playing kind of a couple of Europa League games for us last season, and then he got injured. I was like, well, that's very Arsenal. Like he's very typically, but no, I think he's a fantastic player and he can be credited and I think is being credited by a lot of kind of pundits throughout the mm. footballing world with our resurgence as an actual football playing team and um, oh no he's just like his passing his movement his forward passing mm. been delightful yeah, yeah he, kind of suits the, he suits the rest of the vein of the team in that him Saka um, well him and Saka now like have come through the academy. So the fact that they've, they've kind of like almost telepathic sort of wavelength yeah. is not really that much of a surprise considering that there's a high chance they've been playing together day in, day out since they were 14. 
Yeah, have a chemistry there, yeah. And probably um, really strong with that group as well. But Martinelli is just fucking slotted straight in there. Like, he's like, oh, these guys really want to fucking play. Yeah. yeah, and they're just running the fucking guts out. And the thing is, is that Smith Rowe was always a good bit of a talent, but he was just very injury prone. Yeah. And it was a really horrible notion that he might be another Wilshire because he just kept getting fucking injured. Another Ramsey, yeah. which is kind of more his style of play. Yeah, With pretty much. Midfielder, attacking midfielder, arriving late into the box. I was about to say that's 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 the thing about like we've had box to boxes, we've got attacking mids, uh, we've got people who'll run, but it's. Ramsey had that timing where he would just arrive into the box at just the right moment to put the fucking shits up the defence when they mm. think, oh yeah, I've got this cross, I've got this cross. Where the fuck did that guy come from? Fuck. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the, um, I was reading an article there that nicknamed him the Space Invader. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's actually pretty yes. Yeah. Nice um, name. Nice name too, yeah. Um, also, um, our attacking fullbacks. Um, <sighs> yeah, you, can, you can't mention that. You can't mention uh, the... The Brighton game without mentioning Tierney's fucking goal. Yeah. Oh, holy There's nothing fuck. more Scottish than him just lumping the ball around while in the pissings of snow, like so shortly. Happy little face in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. I love Tierney. I honestly like legit like I it's it's a, it, it's so shit for Scotland to have like two of the best left backs in the yeah. world. Funnily Horrible. enough, I was listening to the second captain's podcast, and Ken Early said that he had a bit of his um, he had a bit of his carny, his own bit of a carny moment. Uh, yes. When because yes. um, <laughs> uh, when we first signed Tierney, he went out on a he tweeted out he was on a podcast, and he mentioned that he believed Tierney was better than Robertson. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so he got he got a bit of a he he got a bit slighted for that. But even then, he was just like, I fucking love it. He's like, my boy Tierney. My boy Kieran Tierney. He was like, shut up, Ken. But he he back union. Um, yeah, but uh, fuck me. What a goal. Because he literally makes absolute shy of mm. his right. Like, the, the, who was the right back that he fucking he turned into? Uh, Darrow Shea, I believe. No, oh, no, no. Saka and Bellerin were roasting oh. Darrow Shea. Yeah, right, uh, Darrow so Shea, like, you know, if right. he goes near a marshmallow, it'll burn. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck whoever, whoever yeah. he absolutely because he he properly humiliates the poor guy. Like he doesn't nutmeg him. He actually mm. knocks the ball fully past him, runs round him, gets it, and then cuts yeah. back onto the same side that he knocked the ball from. I was like, mm. hang on, you knocking the ball past him was totally like passed himself. You, you literally passed it yourself and then passed it back to yourself. He didn't want to do it himself. Yeah, that was completely um like useless, and I loved it. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was such a horrendous thing to do to another player that he was well within his rights to turn around to Tierney and go, mate, could you just not do that? The referee <laughs> should have fucked him for uh, unsportsmanlike behaviour. Exactly, yeah, he gets fucked for it. But my God, what a finish. On his wrong foot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Um, but just, on, I know that goal was brilliant. I was watching that game, again, socially distanced with my dad and my sister, who doesn't watch football. And she doesn't, but she would know Arsenal through kind yeah. of Oswald of being around me, my dad and, uh, and me and she was looking at the, obviously that the goal the Kieran Tierney uh, goal comes up and she goes oh that was good that was good and I was like Katie Katie and she was <laughs> he in a shirt like Katie McCabe and I was like ah because she definitely started that trend yeah um, mm. she's like is that a rule that the fullbacks have to tuck in their shirt 
because Bellerin <laughs> started doing it as well because Tierney yeah. kept doing it so Bellerin's doing it now my sister as much as she's not a football um, fan is is a Hector Bellerin fan oh. um, <laughs> she, just like she, a kind of like a same fan base as kind of like Pablo Marie and Olivier Giroud <laughs> I mean, she's not here to answer these allegations, so we're going to have to say, yes, that is the case. Not much of an allegation. But no. She was, like, watching the match. Like, she kind of wasn't watching the match, but she was obviously kind of in the watching room. Better. She was kind of... But she was like, Bellerin is pretty much the only name there that I recognise as being, like, one of the old Arsenal. And I was like, mm. oh, Arsenal, he's 24, 25. And he, she was like, yeah, but back when I used to watch it more regularly... Bellerin was one of your players to watch and look at him like he, he's he's doing good and I was like yeah so yeah it was just mad because like I was like oh, he hasn't been playing all that well this season and then he gets involved with the second goal and she goes oh I'm not that good um and <laughs> yeah but I pointed out I was like I, I don't call Smith Rowe Smith Rowe I call him Kenneth the Page so I was like oh look it's Kenneth the Page and she's like oh I totally get that um <laughs> but who's this guy talk about Saka and she was like um, wait I th- didn't think you liked Saka and I was like no you're thinking of Xhaka there's Laka who I have a love-hate relationship with um, but yeah no she was like oh no so she started watching because obviously Bellerin was playing and he kind of was getting a bit more involved at that point after the second goal it was very attacking and it was coming down both of the, the fullbacks kind of getting involved and uh, yeah no she was like Bellerin is very good. Like I don't, mm. and I was like, I think he's gone on. Like he's had a couple of bad matches, or not even bad matches, but like bad moments where he's been caught out for pace. Yeah. Yeah. Where that's an unusual thing to see Bellerin being caught for pace. But he lost his position just coming up to Christmas and had to fight for it back. Like there's a couple of matches where Maitland Niles and Cedric were getting picked ahead of him. Like when Cedric's getting picked ahead of you, I think you should just. You definitely need a break. So, like, well, uh, he's come back these last three matches. I think I've kind of looked back from what she said. I was like, well, I'll just have a look, see how he did against Chelsea. And I was like, oh, he did pretty decent. Like, he was in the highlights reel, so that's got to be good. I did very well against Chelsea. He was really, really fucking yeah, good. He was up for it, and I was like, I'd, I'd heard that he was up for it against Chelsea because captain's armband, and he seems to do very well. But I mm. think that is also another him coming into form has also been maybe an underrated reason why we're doing well again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Everybody's just playing really fucking well. I think another thing about Smith-Rowe as well is that he's switching flanks mm. with Saka. So I actually, funnily enough, because I, I, pointed, I pointed it out to myself when watching the Brighton game, and I was like, oh, they're switching flanks. That's brilliant. And then I kind of recalled something you had said, and it's like one of the reasons why the women's team is so fucking good is that, they switch flanks up front. Yeah. So oftentimes, so to keep the opposition players going, oh shit, what the, f- what? Who are these people? And it's like, we don't do it that often because our fullbacks just maraud forward so fucking brilliantly. And I was like, just saying, going, Jesus Christ, this is really fucking good. And Lacazette, having been deprived, well, not deprived, actually having been relieved of any kind of defensive duties that he's got, can now hold a play really fucking well. Yeah. And we can now grant him the time because he's a fucking sniper. Um, really, like when you give him a second of the ball, and I understand the Premier League, oftentimes that's actually too much to ask for. Yeah. Um, but you give this guy a second on the ball and he can just whip, he can just letterbox the fucker. 
And even then, like his first goal, particularly against Brighton, like his first goal when he goes near post, like he's 15 yards out and he goes near post. I was like, you fucking mad pal. But he doesn't because he knows he's screened. He looks and sees that he's screened by the opposition defender. And he just bends it round the defender into the far post. And we're going like, yeah. holy shit, man, you left the goalkeeper with no chance. Yeah, no, uh, that, that was super. I think the word I kind of give Arsenal like in the last few weeks is balance. And a lot of it has to do with Smith Rowe, but it also has a lot to do with playing with objectively just decide and thankfully not having to play the likes of William and um, and Cole every week because they were like unbalanced unbalancing the team because they were kind of insisting on having the ball, but they weren't actually making any runs like towards goal or anything like that. Yeah, and I was I'm going to throw Aubameyang into this category because I don't think he's been. I don't think he really should be. Well, Aubameyang's got no much M product, but he is still desperate for it. Like you can see, he was yeah, really yeah. trying. It's look it, with Aubameyang. I don't. I, well, if I, he's I, playing out wide, you see, he's not. It's the same kind of issue I have with Werner. Like if you have him out, kind of target going yeah. in and trying to find an angle, that's fine. Play him centrally; he'll still get the angle either way. You just have to play different shoulder of the centre back. When you have him out wide so much, what you're doing is, in theory, like making space for somebody else. For and 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 that will like open up for Lacazette or Smith Rowe or Saka or else will run in on that. When you had Aubameyang and William doing that, right? William was not taking advantage of the space. Now you do have someone who's doing that. Like in the yeah. way, in the same way with like the reason why Sheffield are struggling right now is because the hold of play that Magoljic was able to do, no one is taking advantage of that now because either players can't take the hint or not able to, whichever way. It's yeah. the same kind of thing with Arsenal, where you have like it's no point him hassling fullback and centre back on one side if there's no one in the pocket to take advantage. Now you do have that player, and you or you have players like you could be, you could be Smith Rowe or Willock that could do that. Likewise with uh, Saka, because you have him playing kind of in the, in the inside channel in the midfield. And Saka like, is Saka could play yeah. any position. I think, like I'd say, yeah. we could chuck gold instead of Rudiger. Yeah, his, his resurgence on the right because mm. initially Arteta started playing him on the right side, considering which is pretty weird considering he's a left footer. Yeah, and people, and he's always played on the left. No matter where he's been, he's always played from the left. And Arteta stuck him out on the right, and people were looking at it, going, "This isn't going to work, mate." But it's really, really fucking worked because oh, it's worst. allowed him. It's allowed him to dovetail with both Smith Rowe and Bellerin. So you've got yes. those three guys running, and you're thinking, "Fuck me, man! That's some unbelievable amount of skill and pace." Yeah, because it's a game of triangles. Like, because you, if you had Smith Rowe there, you see, he connects, or Smith Rowe or Saka in this case, he connects three, two different triangles that weren't there initially with William. So if William was there, like he was always at a position, so there was no passing there. Yeah. Now with Smith Rowe and Saka constantly in position, you have a you have a, a constantly gradual line. You always have Tierney, Tierney on one side, and then the cleanup is Jacka. So if, if 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 it doesn't work, then Jacka tidies with the ball, recycles it, and sends it out wide or sends it forward. Whereas when the reason why you were always you were losing games like like against Everton or Spurs is because you didn't have those chances. You didn't have anyone forward to pass it to. So you were there always matches. The forward passing has been such an issue where and I pointed this out to you in our chats, like Xhaka has like a it's like nosebleed territory. Oh, I've gotten yeah. to the halfway line, better pass back. But he's no uh, option. He's no options. He's he, if he's being told to recycle the oh, ball. Actually, no, a, lot, a lot of the, a lot of those videos, a lot of the video has shown him that he has got the option. He just had to take the risk. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't mind players taking risks, and sometimes they're not going. Like, if you're going for that through ball, 
Mm. Um, and it goes straight through to the keeper, but it could have led to a Baumian nicking it. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. But you are on a break and you've got a Baumian plowing through the centre because this is the first chance he's got to pull in from the wing into the centre. And all he needs is a good ball into the, like towards the penalty area. Yeah. Give him the ball. Don't go, oh, no, I'm going to pass it back to Leno. Yeah. And yeah. That, that has been, and I, that has been infuriating to watch. And it's not just Shaka. And like, he is a lot of, a, a lot of, yeah. Love it, but like, a lot of our midfield could be guilty of that. But hmm. have the midfields that we, midfielders that we've had in the last few games, that their last thought is to go backwards. Yeah. Yes. It has been a difference in our play. Yeah, the young players as well. I think I think it was quite telling in like the post-match interview after the Brighton game when uh, Lacazette was asked about the young players. It's like, oh, how are the young players driving the player? How how do you how's it feel playing alongside all these young players? And he's like, old, <laughs> you know, because he's just he, doing his work that he doesn't have to do anymore. Like a exactly. young and Lacazette just sit up there, yeah. like like mount a fucking centre back and just but, tidy up. But this, the problem is, the the problem is the you can't team. have both of them doing that. This is this is where I think Arteta is coming into it. If mm. you want to play Aubameyang centrally, you can't put Lacazette in there because if you put Lacazette yeah. in there, Smith Rowe has to bench, and Smith Rowe's knitting everything together, so he can't be benched. No, but you can't drop Lacazette right now. He is our current league leading goal scorer. He's got seven goals in the league. Yeah. Um, he also has our most shots on target with about fifteen. And now it's a question of like Pepe and William. How can they possibly fit in? I think Pepe. I think, but I don't know what's going on with Pepe. I think we might like. I think we might look to move Pepe on, because it was was telling. We were four nil up against West Brom, literally cruising. West Brom, like they just wanted to go home, Mm. and he brings on William. I was like, you're not even going to Pepe right now. On that, I thought it was because we were playing so well. If any, there was any chance of Willian getting any sort of luck, or that was the match to do it. And I think that's why he was brought on. I that that was literally my thoughts because I oh here's fucking Willian here. We're going to kick off is like one of his like one of appearances obliging his contract or some shit like that. Like oh this counts. Come <laughs> on, like up on board, like. But like he had a shot on target, which was the second shot on target of the season, uh, for an attacking purchase um yeah. ridiculous but look um i i think that was a case of arteta hoping he'd nick a goal like a scrappy goal and get his confidence up and then yeah. have him raring to go in the next game i pepe he's doing it for us in the europa league but i think that's his level at the minute and i yeah. don't think opposition as well like that this is the thing like in the premier league you do kind of have to have a plan um, and in, in a sense, with with, with likes of Pepe, like he's a very he's a very good player in a vacuum. But the problem is that with Arsenal, it's a system, and you have to be working within the system. It, much like in in like Man City and Liverpool, like the reason so some of these players like the likes of I'll, I'll take Keita as an example, right? Keita at Leipzig was great because he was working in a system, right? He was working as that like break up play, bomb forward, box to box, brilliant. It's not working in Liverpool. Well, first of all, he keeps getting fucking injured. But the thing is, like. It's a slightly different chemistry where he's asked to like not only recycle the ball but do this and do this and do this. And same, like, it's the same. With, it's the same with Werner at Chelsea. I remember Frank Absolutely. Lampard. I remember Frank Lampard saying uh, Werner has like all his natural abilities. He'll get him in front of goals and get him into goal scoring opportunities. No. And I was thinking, well, at Leipzig, it was the team system that did that. Exactly. It was the yeah. press. It was the press yeah. doing that. He tidied up. But the thing is now he's asking Werner to do the press on the right flank against one fullback. No, 
That's not what pressing is, Lamps. Again, we will actually get to that because we're very close to Chelsea here. Uh, a hat tip to West Ham who are making the top 10 at the moment. Surprisingly good for a David Moisey team, but I suppose like if any David Moyes team is going to do well, it's going to, it's going to be during a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they're, they're making top 10. They've like won seven games this season, which is surreal. Um, considering that like they've got rid of every creative player they have and are just relying on Pavel Sushek to just like lump forward. And to be fair, he's actually doing quite well. He's in, yeah, he's, he's in, nicking I, it in the 86th minute every time. <laughs> That's why I said at the start of the podcast, like fucking Groundhog Day, watching his big check head hit everything at the last minute. And he's great at it. Because he's so good he was at only five million for my fantasy football team, so I'm fucking. Oh, he's a bargain. He's a, such a bargain. And um, they spend like stupid money in real life on him. But yeah, in fairness, and then but. At the same time, the great thing was that, like, when he signed, he also like recommended West Ham sign his mate Kufal from Sparta Prague as well, and he's been really good too. He's been playing like Fredericks off the pitch, so it's it's worked out well for him. And um, I'm fascinated to see what West Ham will do, like recruitment wise, because they they can really screw the pooch on that very quickly. And um, we'll see. And um, I suppose the other kind of like main talking point we wanted to get to in this podcast was Chelsea, who currently shockingly sit ninth. And when not three weeks ago, they were sitting second. Um, a run of really bad results. Uh, losses against Wolves, Everton, um, Arsenal, of course, and drop points against Villa as well. And um, It's not been a good one for Frank Lampard. But quite honestly, lads, I think you'd be about to agree with me on this. This has been coming for the, for the Chelsea team. Fuck yeah, it has. Um, um, so. First off, it didn't start very well with the whole shit around yeah. Kepa. Mm. Um, Kante is struggling. Yes. Because he, That's very scary looking to me. Like, you can see yeah. him drop off so quick. Like, it's sad. He's just not running. Um, it's, just, it's just fucking mad. Like, it's just really crazy how he's just, he's just so, he's struggling. He's really, really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, it's funny because he got alternated to a box to box role and people are like, that's not what he is. But now, when, whenever Lampard plays him as a defensive midfielder, He's too fucking slow and he can't do anything. So he might actually be more suited to an energetic box-to-box midfielder role now because it doesn't work. It does, it's, it's not really work. But um, I think he's going to get usurped by Billy Gilmore anyway. So, eh. Yeah, it seems natural. Like, um, I, I, It's funny because we, we were talking about Arsenal and how like, um, the kind of young players have kind of reinvigorated the team. It's kind of the opposite in Chelsea where now they are kind of obliged to play their signings more and give them more game time. But it's actually the case of like the likes of Giroud are actually keeping them afloat. Like it was thanks to Giroud they won the game against Leeds, and um, and he scored the goal against Villa as well, which like arguably they probably wouldn't have scored otherwise. And it's it's so remarkable to me that like and Lampard. Also, also, I would argue that they would have won a lot more of the games that they wound up drawing or losing. I was about to mention been on the pitch because the crosses yeah. that they sling in, like Zayek has a fucking wand of a left foot. I mean, like, yeah, I. Yeah. Like the, the say what you want about the man, he can't press. He, he's essentially Beckham. Yeah, he's Beckham. Right? Yeah, exactly. he can't press. press. He can barely fucking run. I'm like, uh, <laughs> all, all on the second captain's podcast. I actually ignored the usual intro to the podcast this week to complain about Zayek. <laughs> yes, he did. Didn't yeah, even, <laughs> didn't even introduce the fucking rest of the cast. He just went in on Zayek, and he was because he pointed out right. He pointed out that. The, I think it was the third City goal, right? Which yeah. came directly from a Chelsea. Yeah. Right? Eight. So he goes, when Zayek takes that free kick, there is 18 players 
on the pitch in front of him, basically closer to the city goal than he is. He sends the free kick in. It's garbage. It gets floated back out. And by the time the ball's in the Chelsea net, 15 of those 18 players have overtaken him. (laughs) 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 And you're just going like, he does, he just like, what? And by the way, I was called mad. And I, because I was walking my daughter up the road and I must have looked like a fucking madman because I was just laughing, literally laughing out loud listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, it was just, I don't know what, like, there's no, there's no system or coordination to that Chelsea team, no. and it's ju- it's just money, and it's not that are fast and attacking that don't necessarily fit a system because there isn't a system. It's just like get all the money on the pitch, yeah, and see what happens. Because if you're paying money, then you're paying for talent. The talent will get you through, mm. um, and it's just not working at the minute. Um, because. Like, there are leagues where, yeah, and there has been years of the Premier League where the money has um, gotten people through, like Man City. But they also had some sort of game plan as well. They had a a system of football. I couldn't tell you what Chelsea's system of football is. The same way I couldn't tell you what Arteta ball was for a while. I'm starting to see it now. But, like, I, I don't know what Frank Lampard's Chelsea are meant to play. Like, are they trying Route 1 football up to Giroud? Because that's probably their only bet at the minute. But they're, um, not even, they're, not, they're not even trying that because they're sending in huge amounts of crosses and he's not on the pitch. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's like the they, they don't want to admit that Giroud is a top striker there. I literally think Giroud could be into double digits of goals had they just fielded yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. You very much, and now, in all fairness... I like I fucking loved Giroud when he was at Arsenal to a <clears throat> weird degree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's me. I, I think I just heard Burpot's toes curl. Curl. Yeah, yeah, but well, Horace like that crazy girlfriend uh, meme. It's like, hey. <laughs> but um, no, like Giroud was fantastic for us, and I just fucking loved him. And when he went to Chelsea, it was like a fucking dagger in the heart. Um, but like, so I'm happy that they're fucking massively misusing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. So I'm 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 happy that I'm massively misusing him. But the problem is, is like the solution sitting there on the bench and they're staring you right in the face because the crosses that they're slinging in, in particular Zayek. Holy shit! Like, on the bench, that would be my excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but and and this is the this is the the most like the the great vindication of it all because like the pundits in in England love to compliment Frank Lampard on the most basic decisions. Like, oh, he played Kante in a number six. He put on Giroud. What a genius. It's like, hang on a second here, right? And again, this this came up, this came up perfectly in the Man City game, where like he put up a front tree of um of Werner centrally, then Zayek and Pulisic, right? And thinking like, yes, this is technically the team. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Here's the thing, that is exactly what you what you should have been playing all this time. And then you played the system that doesn't play to their strengths. <laughs> Like, what do you... Like, you're it's playing like, a better team. Like, what do you want? It's like that game where um, Arsenal decided to throw in a fuckload of crosses and it's like, do they think Giroud's still at our club and is on the pitch? Exactly. Like, and does not header the ball. Why are you doing this? Um, it, it, your stubbornness at this point now as well. Like, it's very clear that Lampard, like, is trying to believe in this kind of nonsense of player development while also throwing the fuckers under a bus. Because yeah, then, I was about to say that as well. Like... It you, know, kind of that, you know what it is? It's that meme of your man shooting the guy in the chair and going, what has happened here? 
yeah. <laughs> it's literally just that as a team because he's he, he, you have Werner who can't like finish his dinner. Havertz, 70 million, can't even get into the team. You have um, Tammy Abraham, right, who's like doing okay, but he's nowhere near as finished an article as Giroud. And again, if you are a team that wants to challenge the title, maybe play the players who are in form and then try and work, do a different program for these other players. Mason Mount, his fetish for Mason Mount has to stop. Like, legit, actually, the fetish for Mason Mount generally has to stop. He's a very good player, he's a very tidy player. In all fairness, I will admit, you then you, you'd be loving Roy Keane then because Roy Keane went off on Mount. Like he yeah. went he went full high pitched. Like he went yeah. like No, I, I heard the octave from face like so I heard him dog frequencies like yeah. on Mount. I, I don't get it. Like it's the fact that like he, he Lampard sets up the team wrong, right? The goalkeeping has gone so bad. Like like you can see the decline in Mendy so quickly. They clearly do not do any goalkeeper training at all. Really his footwork has got it all. He's like he's, yeah. he's crapped out with the ball. Like only for the fact that, like, funnily enough, the only reason Lacazette didn't manage to lob him was because he'd managed to screw his pass so badly that he's actually yeah. quite close to Lacazette when Lacazette gets the ball. So, yes. and, and as I said before, Mendy's a fucking huge man. And the problem is, is like if Mendy had been further back, Lacazette mm. would have gotten that ball around him. Um, but only for the fact that Mendy was like right there, he managed to palm it away, and it was actually quite a decent save. Yeah. But I was sitting there going, like, what on earth? Like, he, he can't kick the ball anymore. He can't even kick a ball. Yeah. The goalkeeper has now lost the ability with the ball at his feet. And the curious thing is, like, uh, his ability to alienate players really quickly is very Jose like. I think a lot of people have been seeing the connections now in the last few weeks. When things oh, he's do gone go full Mourinho. He's no response, no accountability there from Lampard. Rudiger, like, completely, like, like not even acknowledged in the team photo at this stage. Well, I think Rudiger is probably their best centre-back, really. Not a great class to choose from, I'll be honest, but like he is a very good centre-back in his own right. Um, Christensen doesn't get a sniff. Aspilicueta, not well, even Christensen really won't now because... Of his, yeah, the knee injury, yeah. yeah he, look- he stupidly tried to take on Jack Grealis's calves. And, Fault. you know... Good. <laughs> there, there's no element on earth that can take on those bad boys so yes. um, <laughs> he's getting a lot of flack for that because apparently he played on the whole game after sustaining his knee injury yeah. and then when he went home and went to bed apparently he woke up the next morning his knee was like a fucking balloon and he's like mm. ooh, ooh that's not meant to that bad like problem. that but even the well, other I, players I reckon, have I, reckon he's wrecked something. Yeah. I reckon he's properly done something I would say so. I'd say it's it's like a, yeah, one of those things like, oh, surprise, ACL twisted. It's like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Oh, it's 2 no City. I didn't know that at all. Anyway, moving on. Um, but yeah, like it, the other players, like he's not even like, he doesn't really want to admit are doing good is the likes of Giroud. And yeah, again, it, it's not really a surprise because like I, I know that Lampard kind of wants to play his boys, but he also wants to try and justify the signings. So he's in a, so he's in such a like a rotten stage where like he wants to play like in Lampard's ideal world, he wants to be able to play in the midfield, Mount, Kante, Kovacic, Jorginho, and Havertz, and play up front, Werner, Pulisic, Abraham, Zayn. But, but isn't this a, isn't this a situation of his own creation? Because he asked is, yeah. for those players. Yeah. This is my point. Like He had a team that was actually functioning really well and operating very good. Now, obviously, they weren't exceptional, but they only needed one or two fucking additions. He went and mm. bought about four. And... They didn't like, need them. They, they didn't. Well, the, they didn't need to be honest. Like, they didn't. You can make the case for say, like you make the case for say, like uh, Zaya. Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and Mendy were the three they actually needed. 
they see didn't. Zayek as well. I mean, a good one. Zayek, oh, I mean, Zayek, yeah. A guy, a guy with a with a with a left foot like that. You like you always make room. Make space. Room. Yeah, I get that. Always get make room. But like the rest of them, no man. Like there's just like all you need. You think it right? We've got Giroud. Play him a lot more. We need people bombing crosses. Chilwell, mm. he'll do that fairly decently. Yeah. Oh, get the Zayek guy in here. Fuck yeah. Because I'm like Zayek was sending him balls to the far post from like mm. 50 yards that were pinpoint. I was going, oh my God, Giroud must be literally on the bench with his hand down his shorts going, oh, oh, I'd have finished that. I'd have finished that. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Like he, Giroud would have, I, honestly, I'd have put my house on Giroud having double digit goals if yeah. he was just on the pitch more. It's like, what are you doing? You fucking idiots. Um, Lampard could take, and I've said this before, Lampard could take a leaf out of Emma Hayes' book. Uh, Emma Hayes and Chelsea women bought a load of players over the summer and I was going, they've just bought anyone they could buy and that you know, that's not going to work out Like, like I was kind of going like, geez, they have so many options, but they all play a system there is a very Chelsea women's like football like style of football, the Emma Hayes way like it is nice, crisp passing movement, solid at the back and all of these players, they might play slightly out of position, but they will do it to suit the team narrative. And to, like the, I, no, I was kind of looking at like the what was happening to Chelsea men and Lampard, kind of building the squad of like huge salaries, huge mm. names, and looking at the women going, "Oh my God!" Like Chelsea yeah. are going to be unstoppable if if Lampard can get them to play a system. Um, mm. Because there's so many names there, you're not going to keep them all happy. So you have to keep them winning. Yes. Keep them and Emma Hayes has managed that. Lampard hasn't. And no. it's because they're like we said, there's no style. It is just. I, there's not even playing to the player's strengths either. There's no. not even that aspect of it. Like, oh, Zaya has a wonderful left foot. Let's give him all the you know time and space to whip in the crosses to someone who can finish a header. They don't even have that bit of logic to them. So no, yeah, I it's very frustrating to see them so high up the table, but um, they did have a good run of form, and they do have that individual talent, which will always get you so many points in the league. So. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm again. I'm quite glad now. Now that they're kind of in the in the thick of it with the with the fixtures, when the again when you have a team that's organised, like I'm even looking up the table here. You have the likes of Leicester, Southampton, Aston Villa. I might even try it even in Everton here. They all have a genuine like logic to the team. Like the team makes sense. Like Southampton have two great pressers up front, Adams and Ames, and sometimes Shane Long or Abafemi. Well, it was Abafemi. He's gone now. Oh, actually Walcott now. Sorry, excuse me. And um, Leicester, you've got a team there. Everything like it's a focal point to Vardy and Tatum is a Madison scraps up and scores points. Uh, Villa, Grealish, Watkins, El Ghazi now all of a sudden. But then you have Barkley, McGinn. The, the, like, everything runs so smoothly in those teams. And everything you have to do up front. With Chelsea, they've got a team between two formations and two systems. And they keep, and every time you see feel a team, you get a mixture of both. And therefore, nothing really works. Um, like, I, I legitimately would not be surprised if Lampard is sacked because I think the way he's setting up his team, the way he's, like, not really taking ownership of the problem either, where he's thinking like, well, you know, it's this and it's that and whatever it is, the mitigating circumstances. It's inexperience, it's inexperience and his hubris is starting to show a bit. And in a way, it's quite a bit of arrogance too, because 
to be able to think like, oh, I'll be able to just like sign all these players and make them fit into a team that it's easy. It's like, it's not that easy. Like there's a reason why Liverpool narrow their scouting down to one player in each, like whenever they're, whenever they do actually sign a person, it's down to one. It's never an option of A, B or C. It's one player they want. This is why, because they want to get these decisions absolutely right. And with Chelsea, it was just a case of who's in form in this position. Sign him, him, him. They did a fucking Carol Vorderman on it. And they're paying for it now, thankfully. Um, and I'm glad to see them pay for it because that, that type of like of thinking of just throwing money at the situation, um, it will work sometimes. Thankfully, this time it isn't. And they're starting to show for it now. You actually do need a play, a manager with the ability to put this together. Like you do need someone experienced. In and I hope they don't get it. Possibly not. Well, we'll see. Like the, the manager market is not great at the minute. Like if they didn't want to let go of, of, of Lampard, like outside, like who's unemployed right now? Valverde, um, uh, Allegri, very defensive coach, Tuchel, who's very overrated in my opinion. Um, yeah. you, you probably want to try and poach somebody from a team that's probably more organized at this rate. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not ideal. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll give it to Eddie Howe and John Terry, winning combination there. Um, I mentioned that I was supposed to top eight then. I mentioned Aston Villa. Um, they're two games in hand. And if they win both of them, they're third, which is, uh, which is ludicrous. Um, but they are a good team. I like, seeing, I like watching them play. Um, bit of a dark horse, lads, for top four? Or will they, will they boil off? What do you think? I don't, I don't think so. I think they'll kind... Well, it depends on how they get through the Christmas period. If they mm. can stick in and around maybe the top eight by the end of February, they could be in with a top four. Yeah, I think their games in hand are Newcastle and Man City. So, like, maybe a three uh, point. One, one gimme and one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we throw Southampton in that category as well. Like, they're, they're really good, but would they be a European contender? It's hard to tell. No, uh, because they're fully, totally, wholly reliant upon Ings. Mm. And right, granted, granted, he's managed to slightly, somewhat overcome the injury problems which made Liverpool get rid of him. Yes, he's not ever going to be fully over them, and also now he's on the wrong side of time. Mm. Um, which, by the way, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I mean, oh, his finish. Funnily enough, his finish against Liverpool was sort of proof. Like when 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 you think of oh Jesus Christ, Danny Ings used to play for Liverpool. Why that goal? That's, that's why yeah. they. That's he's, why they had him. <laughs> this is my point about like the out, out, outside the box thinking. Like, exactly, legit, yeah. like like player like for like we always credit like when Firmino does a no look shot or like does like some sort of yeah. like sexy fucking like back heel. It's like yeah, well Ings can do the same thing. It's just that he's a bully. He like he'll smash his head through a wall to get the ball. Yeah, through. that's the thing. Like, like Firmino, is not gonna fucking like shoulder mm. a centre back out of position and then like yes. you know force the ball home. Whereas Ings will happily fucking do that. He'd almost prefer to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, been a very like, unpopular opinion I've held for years that we should have sold a Regan kept Ings. Yeah. And I know the reason it's unpopular because of like what happened with like in the Barcelona game. Yeah, exactly. Would it Ings have done that? Probably not. Yeah. But the no. thing is, like, the logic is there. The reasoning is there to keep yeah. it. I reckon yeah. Southampton might actually grind up. They're, they're doing really well. I think the best thing about Southampton is that Hassan Huttle is a fantastic coach. Yeah, he's been um, fantastic. And I'm, I, think I'm he, I, did not, I wouldn't be surprised if they make Europa League. I really, really wouldn't. I'd like to see them in Europa League because I think they'll... they'll at, a, at, the very a, least, at the very <laughs> least, they'll make the playoffs. See you. Oh, the, 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 the League. Because that's starting up next year, so you might make that. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, though. Um, yeah. Everton are kind of in a shout as well for for seventh place. The Everton yeah, club is still the grasp. The, the, yeah, but the question is always, 
why it is yeah I, I, I don't know myself to be honest um, they will be they will still finish seventh regardless of like how the team is doing <laughs> it's why? just it's yep. hard yeah mm-hmm. in, in, in these uncertain times it's like to have something to fall back on and yeah. everything finishing seventh would be perfect yeah and um, let's talk about the top five then because it, it is this is rather intriguing you have Man City currently fifth because of the COVID um, breakout so obviously the games against Everton and the one against Villa are still yet to be played and you got Spurs in the same level of points with a game in ha- with a game extra, um, and uh, they had a bit of a slump before Christmas, but are starting to kind of arrest that a bit. Um, and of course, they've brought to Wembley now to beat Brentford last night. Uh, Leicester in third, kind of where he need- where he should have been last season as well, like, like justifiably so. But yeah, only a point off the off the top as well. Uh, and yeah, rather, it- yeah. Leicester's not Leicester aren't going to stay there. They're losing too many games. Like yes. Funnily enough, you you look at that and you think, all right, then yeah, that's great. But then you think Leicester have lost five games. So Mm -hmm. you have to go down to seventh with Everton, by the way, to to encounter another team that have lost as many as they have. So I think that's what they, in terms of draws, they're not drawing as many as everybody else around them, which is Mm. good for if you want to leapfrog them. But they aren't converting those draws to wins. They're losing those games. And... Yeah, that's why I, I, I don't think they, well. they probably. I don't think they'll finish top four. No, um, and again, we we do we now we have the kind of the top two who are on level on points, um, but like two teams in very different contexts in a way. You have got Man United who are on to their credit on a on a very good run of form, mostly because of Bruno Fernandez and Rashford, um, and okay. and then Liverpool who are like still like woefully exposed in many areas because of like again kind of somewhat problems of our own creation, and. Um, like I like to hear, hear what you guys think about this because the next league match day back in the Premier League is these two facing off at Anfield, which is it'll be I, fun. It's to be, I like it. <laughs> it should um, be good. Yeah, it'll be fun with both teams like desperate just to win penalties. Yeah, <laughs> for different reasons. United will just come naturally to them. For Klopp, it'll be. Oh a man, here look. Can you imagine Klopp the post-match interview with Klopp if United win on win due to a penalty? Oh, he'll explode. He'll actually, he will actually oh. pop. He will pop like a fucking overripe watermelon. I fucking guarantee you. Like, Jeff Street will be in a hazmat suit. Just oh, he's gonna time. have to be. Like I swear yeah. to God, you know. But in all fairness, like I, I can, I can see like. United are getting a lot of fucking penalties. Like mm. there was somebody joked to me otherwise. It's like, oh, you know, Ole at the end of the season is going to be asked, oh, Ole, you, you won the season. So uh, outside of being awarded 187 penalties, how do you think he's yeah. How do you think he's managed to? <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, in particular, like the team's getting really like Pogba's really fucking scaling new heights and diving. Mm. Um. I, it's just I think the team are slightly overperforming and they'll just revert to type they're sort of doing what Leicester did when they won the title and that they're just taking advantage of everybody else going to absolute fucking shit mm. and uh, yeah I think that's that's how it's going like yeah I it's, it's surprising fair. to see a team carrying so much dead wood perform so well but then again like, it's only because of like like ultimately three or four players in a sense you know like no it's the, because of one of the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and yeah, like I, I kind of mentioned it, like kind of tongue in cheek earlier on, but it is kind of there is a, a very similar, very familiarity with uh, our Suarez and um, Sturge season where we did nearly win the league. 
But the thing is, the reason we didn't was because the rest of the team weren't up to scratch. We didn't have the defenders capable to the whole leads. No, it was the third blip. I get yes, like famously yes, of course. That's clearly how it was. That's the reason, Jonathan. It's not. It's not. Don't it's the reason we are leaking goals like a colander. Like that's the re. Like if you look at the statistics, we drop points in other areas. Christian Bull happened for fuck's sake. Um, that doesn't happen by accident. Like it, it, it can, it, it will occur elsewhere. Um, no, but it, it, in a sense, like it's yeah for for United, it's probably a, a good, a, a nice thing for them to see them second. But I do agree with you in the sense that like it's a bit distortiony. If they, if they keep on the run of form, like for me, like we said on this podcast before, the first team to hit the ground running at Christmas will probably be a championship contender, if not favourites to win it. And United kind of have done that by hook or crook or by penalty shouts, whatever it is. Um, like outside of like the likes of Liverpool Man City, do you see anyone kind of challenging for the title or is it still a two-horse race? Even I think it's them? a multiple horse race. I think this is the most open the league's been in a quite a while. Mm. Um Happening is there's like all these horses, but there's also a sniper up in the stands, and it's going to take out one of them. Yeah, there's an, mm. an itchy fingered sniper, and he's just like, mm, I got all the spare ammo. Yeah. <laughs> there's Homer Simpson. <laughs> there's Homer Simpson. <laughs> there's Homer. <laughs> there's Homer. Um, yeah, like oh, it, it, it's curious it, it's, it's to see how like Man City will do because they kind of do, like, again, the COVID has, has kind of wreaked havoc with them as well, but they also do kind of like behave now with no strikers and it's kind of weird I don't like it Guardiola has to stop whatever he's doing yeah he's um, desperate to sign a striker but like they can't really get in anybody good um, yeah. they're sort of putting all their eggs in a basket that's got Messi written on it mm. uh, so. I don't know no and even if he does I don't think it would work like I really don't um, I, I, I just don't know I, funnily enough right funnily enough I actually want to see it happen I want to see Lionel Messi in the Premier League mm. hopefully Stoke no <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go to the team that suits him best Fulham <laughs> Messi at Craven College lad let's have it <laughs> pretty much yeah um, that's big managing Messi yeah. oh the, the dream team Messi finally learning from the wisdom tree that is Roy Hodgson. He's like, come on, son. Come on, I'll show you real football. Come on, son. He'd be lovely. Nice. Like a little, like Messi finally getting the dad he always wanted. It'd be great. <laughs> a movie. We'll make it a movie. It'll be Messi and me. How to do your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely big Sam. You need Harry Redknapp for that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you'll need Harry. Let me introduce enough. you to my accountant. Come here, Lassie. Yeah. Come here. Come here. Here, boy. Here, boy. Uh, yes, all jokes die hard. Um, in any case, lads, um, that's been our podcast. We've, we've finally cut <laughs> up, and um, we've ran to the right league table. We've got all this stuff off our chest over Christmas, and thankfully, mm-hmm. it wasn't COVID, which is nice. Thankfully, in the for the break, because the league is going to take a wee bit of a break now, because in order to get the annoyance that is the FA Cup out of the way, mm. yeah, it'd be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to the FA Cup, hopefully, like. I wonder which Premier League team will fall on its sword as they do every year because that's now mandated by law, apparently. Like somebody <laughs> well, somebody has to be mugged off by a League Two side. It's just... Yeah, we real- have to... We've got Newcastle next, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, who do you guys have in the... Do you have, you have them in the, in the Cup, don't you, Newcastle? Or yeah, no, no, we've Newcastle. No, we've Newcastle yeah. next in both the Cup and... 
Is we play the league, but no, we don't. Actually, funnily enough, we've Newcastle, then we've Palace in the league, and then we've Newcastle in the league. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> um, we got Villa, so like I can I can imagine the the, the hype will be will seven two happen again. But the other side, no, it won't. It'll be a yeah. There, there was a, a Simpsons <laughs> meme going around there. They co-opted Klopp as you know the monorail sales guy. Oh my yeah. god! When he's when he's on the plane, he's like, hmm, Aston Villa. Where have I heard that name before? And then. <laughs> It flashes, it flashes up to seven two, and he's like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, again, I, I, I hate that we're not going to take the game seriously. We're gonna like, we're gonna field Minamino and then give out that we're not scoring a goal. It's like, what do you expect of him? He's trying his best, <laughs> um, or maybe just like blame it all on Origi because that tends to be what Liverpool Twitter is doing lately. Yeah, um, blame it on Origi. Blame it on Origi. Blame it on the boogie. No, um. Yes, let's move on to that, lads. Uh, the FA Cup is coming soon. The Premier League will be back. Uh, by the time we, we meet up again, Liverpool Man United will have happened and obviously the Premier League title will be settled by then because that's how it works. Absolutely, yeah. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, will Sheffield United ever win a game? Probably not. Ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a, a new team will be in the top four. My guess is Leeds. Um, who knows? Anything is possible at this stage. Um, will the league be called off? Because everyone's positive lately. It's not looking good. The, the numbers are increasing steadily every round and now they're all travelling across the country to fight in the FA Cup when the lower leagues don't have routine testing in place until this week oh god it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 isn't it <laughs> either way lads whatever happens we'll be on hand to discuss it because we're in lockdown we need something to do so um, yeah we're so, in max lockdown yeah proper lockdown yes um, so yes, we're, we're we're thoroughly excited to be within our four walls at all times. Um, but yes, uh, so lads, thank you very much for for dropping in, Neil Burkbot. Always a pleasure to talk to you football about you. Um, Any yeah. excuse for cans? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and until next time, lads, uh, please follow us on Spotify, like and subscribe, share it with all your friends if you want. Smash to the like button, bye. Three Irish people rattle on about football for too long. Um, and yeah, we'll be we'll be back with another episode in a week or two. But until then, lads, all you heard there was liquid football. Oof. <laughs>